Welcome back, everybody, to We Talk Film. I'm your host, as always, Barry, joined, as always, by Clayton. How are you doing, Clayton? Hey, Barry, I'm doing good. How are you today? Doing well, doing well. And we've got two very good things we're talking about today. Uh, obviously, one of them being better than the other, but we'll find out uh, later on in the episode. So what have we got going on in the news today, Clayton? Press the da, 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 da. <laughs> Getting straight into well, it today. We're, we're on point straight today. Into it. <laughs> straight into it. Yeah. We're doing, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we're doing it. Yes, but our schedule's a bit off at the moment. <laughs> oh, it's fine. A lot has happened it's in the fine. film industry this week. I've uh, got a, quite a few things to talk about. That's good. Quite a few in- important things to talk about. But before we do that, as always, I'd like to bring up new trailers that we got first. Uh, we got two trailers. Uh, one for a series. This is a series um, from a, a beloved book. And that book was turned into a movie series that didn't do quite well. But now it's being rebooted with the guy who played young Deadpool in that one Ryan Reynolds movie. It's Peter Jackson and the Olympians. And I, Peter, Jackson? Kinda... Peter Jackson? Percy Jackson? Percy Jackson. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at the wrong note. <laughs> Sorry, I was just too busy watching Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I, you know what? Now that you mentioned it, I would watch Peter Jackson and the Olympians. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Okay, uh, okay, Zeus, I've got this great idea for a movie trilogy. All right, I'm going to take your lightning bolt. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. It's getting a series on Disney Plus, and uh, it looks kind of meh. Movies were kind of meh, but um, this yeah. looks always equally meh. I don't know. Maybe it's just not for me. Um, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's out soon. Check that out if you want. Um, but something else yeah, that December twentieth it comes out. Yes, something else that we got was a trailer for a movie that actually kind of surprised me with how much the, it's intriguing me. It's the trailer we got a trailer for Hunger Games: The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I don't know if you watched the trailer for it yet, but it yes. looks kind of good. Like it like kind of does. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, well, I was a fan it, uh, of I was a fan of the first Hunger Games movie. I really liked that one. Yeah, didn't care yeah. too much for the other two. But this no. looks interesting. I like I like the premise. I like the idea, the whole prequel thing. Yeah, yeah. No, it does look actually kind of interesting. And apparently they did write a book about it as well because I read the books before I watched the movies and then mm. everything like that. And like mm-hmm. you said, I the first one, the first Hunger Games is absolutely amazing to watch. And then the other ones, not so much. <laughs> no, no. But hopefully this is in the amazing pile. I haven't read the book that this one's based off. I've read the original three. Or and I just yeah, like yeah. oh no sorry four books because it was part one part two whatever it was I don't know but um no sorry it was four movies and there was three books is I think there was four no, movies was like three books yeah yeah so you yeah. know uh I hope it's as good as the first one if not this better because I love the idea I love the premise of just putting people in an arena and watching them fight to the death it's always cool uh <laughs> yeah but yeah no that's also coming out soon and we'll probably cover it on this podcast when that comes out later in the year but. Um, as for trailers, that's about it for this week, but we yep. got a lot of news, a lot of important stuff. Um, but before the important stuff, I like to throw in the rumory stuff first because we got more shit for Deadpool 3, Barry. Um, ah, uh, <laughs> more stuff, oh, even boy. more stuff. It, Every oh, single to... day there's more stuff coming about this movie. I know. I have to keep bringing it up though, cause it's fun. Okay, well, apparently we're getting Carl Urban as a Wolverine variant in it. Um, that sounds fun and stupid. Sure. Yep. Yep. Sure. <laughs> British <Why> Wolverine. 
<laughs> it just acts like um, what's his character from The Boys? Um, oh, Butcher. Yeah, it's just like yeah. Butcher rocks up from The Boys in it. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Oh, and we also got um a leak from the IMDb page, which is apparently showing Channing Tatum's stunt double, which hints at a potential Gambit return. Everyone's favorite character from yeah. everyone's favorite X Men movie. Um, that never came yeah. out. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, don't be too hard on Wolfman Origins Wolverine. It's not hard being. Well, that's the thing. It was, a, it was a it was a totally different Gambit, and then they were just like, I remember yeah. for years they're like, oh yeah, we're doing a Gambit movie, but not with the guy from X Men Origins. We're doing it with, um, yeah, Magic Mike, and then it just never happened. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently it is now because he's going to be in Deadpool three along with every other person who have ever existed. So you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Even sure. we're in there. You know, we make a special we appearance. Are. Deadpool starts Can we just start putting out on the internet? <laughs> we, it, people would believe people it. People would probably I've believe seen, it. <laughs> I've seen more far-fetched things about Deadpool 3, but yeah. Ooh, speaking of things that are slightly far-fetched, apparently, uh, not apparently, this is coming straight from the source, Todd McFarlane, the creator of Spawn, says that the reboot film was nearly written when the strikes started. He said it was about 80 pages into the right, had 80 pages finalized and he said it was nearly written yeah. and he probably would have finished it if the strikes hadn't have happened. So <laughs> yeah, we need yeah. to hurry up and get oh, these strikes over. Ah, so yeah. And I don't think that will be happening anytime soon either. Oh, I'll get into that so, in a little no. bit later because I've got yeah. a few more stories before I talk about that. This one is probably the most heartbreaking one of the week because I don't know if you're aware of a film editing company called Tokyo Laboratory. Um, they're shutting down in November. Apparently, they just gone out of budget, no money. Um, but 67 years, these guys have been editing films. Um, 20,000 master reels showcasing majority of anime history are in their storage, like, storage department. And Damn. apparently, when they, sh- when they shut down in November, m- quite a fair few of them are going to be destroyed because they what? can't get... They cannot return them to the original, or um, like right holders. So thousands of reels are going to be destroyed because it's a private company. They're owned. They're a subsidiary of Toyo and Toho. Toho, sorry, and they're not doing anything about it. Apparently, they're yep. trying to get into talks. Some Japanese politicians are trying to get into talks. The Japanese government can't do anything under like any cultural or historical relevances if they're destroyed. So yeah, thousands of master reels showcasing some 67 years worth of anime history, um, especially wow. films, is threatening destruction in November. They're, they're pushing against the clock to try and find rights owners, share, or like, uh, yeah, right owners, shareholders, anyone that can take them, because if they can't give them to the original owners, they have to destroy them. So wow, that's not good. Wow. No, no that's, that's not good at not all. Not good at all. It's not good. And something else. I want every that, single one of those reels. That would be amazing yeah. to have in a collection. Like, I'll, I'll take them if no one else wants I'll to. I'll take every <laughs> single one of them. It's, it's weird that they have to destroy them. They can't sell them or you put them into a museum yeah. or anything. It, yeah. it's, it's a weird legal thing and it's not cool. Because um, media no. preservation is getting worse and worse. It's harder and harder to do it, especially with a lot of things being online only, which leads us into our big story yes. this week. Writer's strikes, Disney, 
Oh boy. Well, let's start it oh off with uh, the writers' strikes had a second meeting. This is the second big like come talk meeting. Apparently, it lasted for ten hours the other day. Uh, and yeah, nothing, nothing came of it. No conclusions were reached. No agreements were forged. They walked out of it, and there's no next meeting planned. They're both sides are trying to hold strong, and it's not getting anywhere. Oh, and also, Disney are planning to spend $60 billion on their theme parks over the next 10 years. So, um, how's that, Barry? <laughs> yeah, that's just not great at all. Um, you know, that's just, uh, massive, like, that is such a saddening thing at the moment that all this stuff is going on, the strikes and stuff like that. Because that's the thing, at the end of the day, Netflix, Disney, and all these big companies are making little billions of dollars a year still. And then they still can't just pay their writers and actors what they should be getting. And that's the thing. It's like really nothing compared to their annual revenue as well. It's like just like a slither of it. And they still can't make a decision or come to an agreement with everything, which is really, really sad here. Because that's the thing now, like you said, because the meetings are indefinite. They probably won't have a meeting now till sometime next year now. Yes, it's not good. This will be the longest yep. like Hollywood strike since 1945 if it lasts past October, which it it will. Um, no no yep. agreements have been forged. No one's getting paid. This is awful for both sides. The companies aren't making as yep. much money as they'd like, and all of the yep. actors and writers are currently out of work. So the industry is in a bit of turmoil, and that little meeting doesn't help. Um, but you know what no. does help? Some some animals are taking it into their own. They're into their into their own arms because a into bear, their own bear hands <laughs> into their own bear hands because a bear was at Disney World recently causing the shutdown of ten rides for a day before it apparently <laughs> left on its own. No one knows where it went. Um. So yeah, cocaine bears fighting back because he's out of a job. He can't get in a sequel. So he's exactly, gone to the exactly. Park. He's done it. Oh man, they just wait till they get like Jaws involved. Then there's Were they food. trying to make a, like a live action Winnie the Pooh? <laughs> Ooh, like Blood and Honey. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Uh. Oh god. Oh, we'll just put a bear in the park. It'll be fine. Honestly, how the maybe bear even get in there in the first place? That's, just, that's just more weird. Oh man, yeah. Disneyland is like the hardest place to sneak into in the world. I think it's easier to get into the Pentagon than it is to get in Disneyland. So yeah, no idea. Apparently, it was just chilling in a tree. Well, so <laughs> who knows, man? Uh, but um, okay. Okay. yes, what we do know is that that's the end of the news. Some of the most important stories happening this week as we cover them. I uh, will keep you updated in everything strikes worthy, and I'll keep you updated on everything with that film editing company because I would really like those reels to not get destroyed. Anyway, Barry, yes, that would be what amazing. Are we doing today? Oh yeah, what are we doing today, Barry? What's happening? What's going today, on today? We are talking about something blue, something mean. It's getting <laughs> loud. That's right. We're talking about Blue Beetle. Even though this isn't even this movie at all. But you know, it's the only thing I find that's blue. And it's really amazing. And we're just waiting until we get copyright strike. Which will be somewhere around here. There we go. So yes, we are talking about a new film that's just come out here in Australia. It's been out in the wild in America and stuff like that. Blue Beetle. Um, Still one of the films that was made by DC before James Gunn stepped in and 
basically, I'll tell you a little synopsis about it. So an alien scarab chooses Jaime Reyes as his symbiotic host, bestowing the recent college graduate with a suit of armor that is capable of extraordinary powers, forever changing his destiny as he becomes a superhero known as the Blue Beetle. So yes, Blue Beetle is one of the very yeah. big prominent DC superheroes, and this is his first ever feature film. Um for him to see in so yes do you want to take it away clayton about blue beetle oh yes well i watched this movie this morning so i am coming into it with very fresh eyes um and blue beetle as a character is one that i'm only familiar with in the fact that he shows up in a lot of things he shows up in a lot of video games in a lot of comic books where they get everyone together he's he's you know he's very much a smaller hero but he's one that everyone likes, and it's like it's yes. a weird combination because everybody likes him, but he he's not he's not the big guys really. But no, no, um, he he really came into his own. And then there's two different versions of the Blue Beetle as well, at least, which is which is another yeah. confusing thing. Yeah, Blue Beetle is kind of like a Ghost Rider character, or like a like a Robbie Ray's Ghost Rider, or a, <laughs> a Miles Morales sort of Spider Man. Is he's kind of a legacy take? on a really old character from DC, Blue Beetle, which I think was yep. like the 60s or something. He debuted in the like Justice league sort of stuff. But um, yeah, this is the more modern version, and he's got a film. And I didn't think Blue Beetle as a character would ever get a film. And here I am saying that yeah. I liked it. It was actually quite fun. I felt, I, I felt kind of exactly what I was expecting, but good. Yeah, it wasn't any worse than I thought it would be, so that's that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So No, right, definitely so like yeah, it's one of those films where um I yeah, I was like really surprised that they were like, Oh, we're making a Blue Beetle film. I was just like, What? That's like so out of left field, especially with what's happening at DC at the moment, especially yeah. like being able to get this made because it was still under the old run of people over at DC was still getting made before James Gunn stepped in. And it was just like kind of weird to like hear like, oh yeah, by the way, we're making a Blue Beetle film. And it's just like, okay. And then we're doing it about um, Jaime Reyes's Blue Beetle, which yeah. I understand why they did it about Jaime. Um, I think because a lot more people know him through like, yeah, a lot of the TV shows, animated TV shows and stuff like that. They always use um, Jaime Reyes. And he's a bit more of that diversity character. And we can, you can show a lot more with him that more modern one. But obviously they yeah, do mention yeah. the other um, Blue Beetle in this movie as it well, cord. the original Blue Beetle, Cord, mm -hmm. um, which was pretty cool. Um, but yes, so we had quite a big cast um, for this Blue Beetle film. We had Zolo Manduna, Mandina as Jaime Reyes and a lot of Mexican names that I... I'm not gonna try to pronounce because I'm just George going to flutter like I did his name. George Lopez was in it. <laughs> uh, he played as the uncle, Rudy Reyes. We had Susan Sarandon as the villain in this, as Victoria Cord. Um, Harvey Julian was Dr. Sanchez. He's actually from the What We Do in the Shadows TV show, so it was kind of cool to oh, see yes. him in there. And um, yeah, that's that's really about it. Obviously, there was other actresses and everything in it as well, but their names are. Very hard to pronounce, <laughs> so I'm not going to try to attempt to. Oh, and oh, Becky very. G is 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 there. He plays as Kaji. Sure. 
Oh, yeah, yeah Barry's great with Arjun, names. So. We, we know he always gets his I'm names great right. With names. Every time exactly. he pronounces any name, I have to correct him because he's always always far from right. It's great. But um, no, this film, <laughs> a huge cast, considering this was an origin oh, yeah. There are no yep, yep. returning characters, no cameos, no weird DC-ness. This isn't The Flash. No. There's no, no. characters there just for the sake of being there. Um, yeah, yeah. This it's, is very much... Weird. Just on Blue Beetle, which is good. That's what you want. Very good. And it's honestly probably what made me like it so much because this is going to be the second of three DC films that we're getting this year. The first being The Flash, which was a dumpster fire. This, which was kind of good. And then Aquaman 2, which looks equally kind of mid. So this is definitely going to be the best of the three this year unless Aquaman surprises us some miracle. But um, yeah, DC... Topping off, I'm not sure how much money this film's going to make either because people seem to be like, it's okay. Here we go. So its, it's budget was $100 million. It's currently made $121 million at the box office. So oh, okay. Okay. It's, it's so only it's, just it's made its, its money, money. Yeah, yeah. It's made its money. But yeah, well, this film's big It's cast. made its money. Yeah, uh, yeah. What, let's, let's talk about the main actor because I think he was the best part of this movie. Uh, Mr. Zolo, Zolo Maraduina. Um, as Blue Beetle, I I think he's yes. the character. He embodied the character oh, of Blue Beetle yes. as he well as is I the absolute know. standout in this movie. Um, that's one thing for certain. And <clears throat> I'm pretty sure James Gunn did say that. Yeah, he's keeping um the actor as Blue Beetle. Like this is going to be our Blue Beetle in the upcoming mm-hmm. James Gunn DC universe, or the Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle version, anyway. Yeah. Um. Which is good to see because I think he was an absolute standout in this movie. Um, just here yeah, with his performance, the way he acted, and it was literally like one of those um, actors you get, like Iron Man, uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Like it just fits perfectly, and I couldn't yeah. really think of anyone else portraying Blue Beetle now. Like this is Blue Beetle indefinitely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean he looks like him, he acts like him. They match it pretty well. So as much as I know of Blue Beetle, which isn't a lot. But I think it's maybe slightly more than the average person watching this film. Um, yep. So, yeah, the, the film basically is he's just down on his luck, sort of teenager. He's come back from college and he's living with his family. Yep. They need money. Um, and so his sister gets him a job at this rich person's house, just kind of <laughs> housekeeping, I guess. But um, yeah. he bumps into the, the villain lady and the villain lady has a niece and she's good and attractive. And the main dude's like, whoa, I got to save her. Anyway, that leads to him coming into contact with an alien scarab that latches onto his back in probably like my favorite scene of the movie where it attaches to him in the kitchen and his family's freaking yep, out. Yep. They basically <laughs> the think it's like an, uh, it's an exorcist going on or exorcism. They start trying possessed. to do whatever everything like that. He's possessed. Um, yeah. That was an absolutely amazing scene to watch. And even the visual effects for this film are absolutely yeah. amazing. Because that's the thing. At the end of the day, you had The Flash that came out and was, what, it's, over double yeah. this budget and a lot of films that are quite big. This probably has to be some of the best visual effects I have seen in a lower film. Um, yeah. There's one other big film coming out this year that has a lot more better visual effects, but we'll talk about that when we talk about that film. Uh, but even as well, just like the suit, seeing it in live action and how they did it and everything like that was absolutely perfect. Like they got the suit down to like a P. Um, yeah. 
And it just yeah. actually, like, it's because it's obviously a practical suit that he's wearing and stuff like that. And for the most part, um, which yeah. is really nice for the most part and stuff cool. like that. But it does have, like, when they do the visual effects elements on top of it, like, it's just so mm. seamless in a way. It's just like, it's it actually really part good. of the suit. Like, mm, yeah, in mm. that in that scene, the suit latches himself, latches onto him, and it starts like attaching. It's similar to the the Venom scene in Spider Man Three, where it's crawling yeah. over him and it's attaching it, and it looks really cool and techy. And it's like, man, why did the Flash look so terrible? And this looks so good. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I could think about while seeing yeah. the great. Is the visual effects on this were good? There was nothing that was yeah. bad. And it's like, no. oh, this is the same bloody studio that did this for half the budget. Yep. It's, yep. oh my God, yep. I don't get it. But, um, no, so yeah, the visual effects were but... good. The acting was good. And then there were some letdowns because this film, uh, it, I think its biggest flaw yeah. was its story. <laughs> because... Yes, yeah, definitely its story oh. and its overall villain plot and stuff like that. It was yeah. very, very basic. Um, if this, so, yeah. yeah. So basically, if you've seen a movie called Ant Man, it's exactly the same plot. The villains have the <laughs> same suit, and they want to use it to make an army of the same suit. So the hero has to team up with a girl in order to stop him, and it's there's a family drama involved. And then the the original hero shows up. Like, it's the same movie, and um, yeah, yeah, like eh. the plot was yeah just bad at some points. I will say, but it was fun to see Blue Beetle do stuff. It's hard to explain because I love the character. I love seeing him in these little oh, situations. Yeah, yeah. It's like the villains, my God, they're so one-dimensional. Oh, yeah. Nothing yep. happens. No, that was, that was really sad to see. Like, Because um, Susan Sarandon is such a great actress and everything. that She's had a very long career and everything yeah. like that. And they got her for this film, and she wasn't even that menacing. It was just so, like, yeah. such a, like, B-grade villain. And I'm just like, you could have done <laughs> so much more with her. It's like give it's, her yeah. like more stuff to work with oh, and stuff yeah. like that, but it obviously like it, it could have been like maybe a different version got revised or something like that because this is still part of the old DC yeah. and we're not too right. sure what exactly behind the scenes of all that is and stuff like that. Um, but like I said, I'm still happy that we actually got this movie made and everything like that. Um, but yeah, it was just mainly the story was a letdown for it because, like you said, it was very basic. It was it was essentially Ant Man. All over again, just, and a lot yeah, of like, it was as basic as it could have gotten. Really, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it it hits all of the cliche superhero film things that we've seen. Yeah, but it's just because it's a fun character that the movie's good. So if it didn't have any of that, if the main dude was bad, this would have been awful. It would have been so generic. Oh, but yeah, yes. it's really disappointing because it's like um the main villain, the lady. It felt like she just wanted to go home the entire time. It felt like she just wasn't yeah, caring about yeah. this role. And same with yep. the um under henchman, the the evil evil dude that ends oh, up wearing Carapax. this suit. Carapax. Good old Carapax. Oh, it's so boring. And you see his backstory, and you're supposed to feel sad for him at the ending. And it's like I don't care about this guy. Yeah, it's like no, two no. lines. And oh. this is when it comes down as well, because obviously, um, Blue Beetle and Carapax they fight a couple times in this, and every single time was like yes. a big CGI fight battle and stuff like that. And obviously, at the end. Um, Carapax gets like their own version of the suit that they made, copying the Blue yeah. Beetle suit and everything like that. And so him and Blue Beetle go toe to toe, and it was just absolutely horrible. Those fighting scenes and everything like that. The reason why, as well, it was so horrible because there was cool elements that they did add with Blue Beetle. They did copy mm-hmm. movements from was it Injustice? Yes. Um, for this yeah. game, yeah, yeah, for this movie. 
So they've copied movements and everything from the game, and he had the big like cloud sword and everything like that, which was really yeah. cool. But another cool thing that happened as well, when they did the henchman scenes and everything like that, um, Cord's henchmen, they did like these long John Wick S hallway scenes with Blue Beetle, with the henchmen, and it looked absolutely spectacular every single time yeah. they did it. But when it came to the big boss fight battle, it was just so lackluster and just generic like yeah. boss battle, like what like Avengers and all that do. I was like, what the hell happened? Like, why are you doing so many cool things with the henchman side of it? Because that was like really like well, mm. one shot takes a couple of them that they did. And I was like, that is so cool. Like, you should have done that, but with the boss battle at the end. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it feels like this movie is a product of, again, studio interference, just terrible writing, and, yeah, the generic yeah. plot points. It's felt like when they were, they would say, oh, we can do a Blue Beetle film, but here's a list of points you have to hit. And it was like 20 or so of the most generic superhero movie stuff we've ever seen. And so the director's going, I guess I have to make the most generic superhero movie I've ever seen. But at least I can get good actors to do it, for the most part. <laughs> for the most part, it's, for the most part, very, yeah, yeah. Very disappointing. Um, but yeah, it, it was fun. I don't know. It's it feels like this is a movie that you'll see the group of friends on a random yep. Friday night as like a let's yep. go to the cinema. What's on Blue Beetle? Sure, we'll watch it, and then we'll never talk about it again. But that was fun. Yeah, you know, it's one yeah. of those kind of movies. Um, but yep. the soundtrack and was that's cool. the thing. The soundtrack was really cool. Yeah. Like, especially the there was a scene when they get um in the scarab tank. You've seen it in the trailers and stuff like that, where they go and oh, yes. kill a whole bunch of henchmen and stuff like that. Oh, my gosh. That was so cool. When it was it my heart, heart, my heart playing, yeah. started playing. No. <laughs> but then also as well, right, this is a PG-rated film. I, I think yes. it is. Uh, uh, ooh, it they, might be M here. It might be M. Oh, it's PG-13 in America anyway, yeah, or M. what I'm seeing on IMDb. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But they literally impale a guy with the scarab machine. And then, they like, do. normally in films, in PG films and or M films, they, like, go away as soon as you see the impale part. But no, mm -hmm. it's, like, hanging on the scarab, and you see the scarab <laughs> thing trying to shake it off. And I'm just like, what the hell? They brought attention to that. That was, uh, that, was that was really cool to see. Um, like, what, elements you know like what? that. There was, there was a lot of really good elements like that to this movie. And also, as well, what yes. I want to talk about is the family side to this all because a big underlying yes, story before to this we, before all. we get to the family can i yep. can i mention something about that soundtrack he kickstart my heart oh, moment? Yep, 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 yep. whenever that that song shows up in moments like this i can't take it seriously because i did that in a short film i made <laughs> i did that in school heist 2 the ending fight scene has kickstart my heart playing over <laughs> <laughs> so every time it happens in a movie and it happens so often i'm like is that a school yeah. heist 2 reference those bastards copied me <laughs> But yes, no, let's talk about uh, the family because they were, again, family. the best part of this movie. The family yes, and yeah. uh, Jaime is just the best part of this movie. It makes me wish there was no villains yep. and it was just him goofing around in a suit for two hours. So yes, please that talk about the That would have been family. honestly cool. Yeah, it that would actually be a really cool film to see. They would but they yes, obviously, never um, had the balls to do it, though. No, no. Um, but a big part of um, Jaime's character has always been, even the comics and stuff like that, um, is about the, the, the family, the Reyes family. And obviously, like, it begins at the start of the film. He's come back from university from... Uh, no, he went to Gotham University. That's right. Yes. He come back from Gotham after four years, whatever how long university is, and um, seeing his family. And also, they're down their luck. Everything bad's happening and stuff like that. His dad had a heart attack. And spoilers, later in this film, when they have he their died. first fight scene and they get taken away, he dies. 
um and everything like that which was which was kind of like a real sad scene because like all the actors and everything like that like definitely with the family actors were like definitely pulling their punches with their acting was, capabilities it like bad. it felt it felt like a really bad bad um sad scene yeah it um, was sad until the dad showed up in the ghost you can save the day yeah. montage in which case it lost yeah. its momentum i feel like but <laughs> yeah, anyway yeah. yes that the still was family. like a nice touching scene um but yeah, the rest of the family, because you had George Lopez played as Rudy Reyes, which is his uncle. And oh my great. gosh, I did I I didn't know it was like didn't realize it was George Lopez until we're like I remembered that it was George Lopez. <laughs> I'm just like, wait a minute, who is this? Oh, wait a minute, it is George Lopez. Uh it's, it's the so most funny. zany, interesting character, and he's so great um in it. Um, and then also <laughs> you have Nana Reyes. I love Nana. This, this little nice <laughs> little lady and everything like that. Until you get to the end, and then it turns out she was part of like the Mexican Revolution and stuff like that, and knows how to hold a minigun, and it was sure. absolutely great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was really funny. It felt a little forced, but it was funny. It was definitely one of those, yeah, oh, cliche, it was, it was make funny. the old lady be good at shooting with a minigun. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and it was a yep, generic yep. point, but it was fun. I don't, it, yeah, this whole oh, movie, yeah. it's such a letdown, but it's a fun letdown. It's, I think that's the best way to explain this movie, is a fun letdown. <laughs> that's, that's, that should yes, be the tagline. Fun letdown. Yeah, yeah. Fun letdown. Um, but no, oh, my God. Um, do we say our final down. thoughts and everything about Blue Beetle then? Sure, sure. Should I kick sure. it off then? Because I'm also reading yep. here that the film was originally supposed to be uh, like a HBO Max only release before they developed into oh, feature. Oh, okay. That that might okay. have had some role in its lower budget, but of course, as it's generally yeah, but still, this knows? is the thing with a lower budget. They've done well with a lower budget when you compare everything else the studios pump yeah. it out, <laughs> especially the Flash. Oh yeah. boy, we don't need to get started about that. <clears throat> Yes. Oh, so final thoughts. Blue Beetle. Yeah, it's a fun letdown. The acting's good. Soundtrack's good. Uh, the villains suck. Plot sucks. Um, don't watch this movie if you're <laughs> expecting anything other than a generic superhero film with some fun action for the most part. And yeah, like it, this is a movie no one's going to be talking about next week. You know, it, it came out. People saw yeah. it. Was, yeah, yeah. All right. Cool. It's it's probably not going to get a sequel. The character might show up again. In other things, um, again, it yep. feels like it's just another DC letdown this year. Yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know. My ex- maybe because my expectations were so low that I enjoyed it as much as I did. Because if I was really yeah, hyped yeah. for this film, I would have, I would have hated it. Like, if you were like, "Oh, oh this is gonna be yeah. the best DC film of the year," I'd be like, "It's gonna suck." Yeah, yeah. Oh, excuse nah, me. it's de- yes. definitely, definitely that. So yes, I'm gonna give this film a six out of ten. So it's it's slightly above dead center. It's you know it's okay. It's a fun letdown. <laughs> Quote it's me a on fun that. letdown. That is for sure. And yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, similar thing to you. Like the story is just is so average, so average. The villains could have been so much better. But obviously, yeah, the massive standout to this was um, Zolo and Drina as Jaime Reyes, and I really want to see him in upcoming James Gunn related stuff. Um, and I really hope that we see quite a bit of him because every time he was on screen was really amazing and everything like that. And I hope he kind of keeps that same type of character when he comes into like James Gunn's DC universe and everything like that. They don't change him too much type thing. Um, I really want him to yeah. stay the way that he is and just throw him in um, James Gunn's DC universe. And yeah, like that's the thing, everything else for it. Um, 
was just was just kind of average and just kind of mid and you know like it was still it was still a fun time to watch i'll probably watch it a second time just for those couple fight scenes <laughs> that they did do and everything and looking at the suit because i love the suit like that is one suit, suit that cool. I actually want to have next to my Deadpool suit. <laughs> it's really cool. That's that's the level it's that cool. I want it. Um, it is cool, and um, the whole like Blue Beetle character and everything like that. Like, like I've read a couple of the comics and I know a bit of his background, and there is so much potential with what you can do with him, well, especially Jaime's yep. one, and also as well if they go about doing the um, original Blue Beetle with the one without the scarab powers and stuff like that. Um, yeah, um, cord or whatever, yeah. and I hopefully they do that in maybe um, James Gunn's universe because that would relate to Booster Gold as well. Because him and Booster Gold, yes, up that's right, a yeah. lot in the comics. But that was the original Blue Beetle, not not mm-hmm. Jaime. Jaime just did, did his own thing, type thing. Um, but yeah. yeah, I'm gonna give it the same a six out of ten. Um, enjoyed the acting performance of um, Jaime. Everything about that was really cool, and the family. But just everything else about it was just an average film. Yep, no, that's fair. That's about as good as we can sum it up. Sorry there wasn't a lot to talk about about it because it was so generic. It's You all know yeah, this movie. Yeah. You haven't seen it. It's God. Yeah. Oh, well. well that's the thing. You could probably you just, like, watch a trailer and just be like, that's the film. That That's that's yeah. basically everything that Nothing happens. Surprising. You Nothing know, surprising. Nothing surprising at all. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on well, to something that was surprising. <laughs> hey, very hey. surprising. Hey, hey, hey. So, as always, our second part of the podcast. Still haven't put that Ahsoka theme on there. Still haven't. We're probably just going to do the entire season <laughs> of the Clone Wars. <laughs> essentially, this episodes. is what it's become now. Got to run out of episodes. So, yes, this week, part six of Ahsoka has come out, titled Far, Far Away. And, oh, my gosh. What an episode. Um, so obviously yes. this takes on from the massive episode that last week was, episode five, where we had the return of Hayden Christensen going back to seeing live action Clone Wars and then going into the Purgles and going to the new galaxy in which this title oh. references because we have gone to a new place that is far, far away. And yes, we have Literally. come to yes. a brand new galaxy in Star Wars and seeing it for the first time in anything like visual media and stuff like that. Obviously, they talked about in the Legends books and everything like that. They went to these galaxies. Um, but Dave Filoni, once again, has changed Star Wars forever. <laughs> oh, my God. This is, yeah, this and that's is the not first even time... the biggest thing that happens in this no. episode, is it, Clayton? <laughs> oh, God, no. So, yeah, so this, this episode... Uh, is once again following the trend of having an episode where your main character's not even in it. She's in it at the start, yep. and then someone yep. else steals the show because we show up to oh, this yeah. new galaxy. Um, Sabine goes along with the, what's her name, the Night Sister Lady, and then Balin and yep. the other guys. Um, they show up at this new place, and we see a bunch of Dathomirian witches that have been communicating yes. across galaxies. They were cool to see live action. I always love that look from the Clone yep. Wars, the Night Sister yep, look. Yep. Oh, boy. Oh, and, yeah, yes. we show up doing some wizard magic. They lock Sabine in a cage, and then we hear yep. rumbles. He tries to force open the door, and we think the force is working, but it's not because we hear rumbles, Barry. And this moment might be my favorite moment in the whole show just because of how <laughs> good this looked. We get a pan up oh, and yeah. we see a Star Destroyer. But it's not just any Star Destroyer, is it, Barry? <laughs> no. 
It is the goddamn Chimera. And if people aren't familiar with Rebels, Ooh. Chimera's, well, the captain or the admiral <laughs> who governed the Chimera was Grand, Grand admiral. admiral Thrawn himself. Yeah. Uh, we see the blue yeah, guy. So this, we see the blue guy finally. Yeah, so I was honestly expecting him not to come to the final episode of this season. Um, I thought it was going to be like the big, big thing. But he is at the forefront of this episode. Oh, and I was just like, show. oh my gosh. He does steal the show. Obviously, yes, they did get the same um, voice actor who um, played him in Rebels. Uh, is it Lars Mikkelsen? Yes. Yeah, Lars, Lars. Mikkelsen, who is Mads Mikkelsen's brother. Um, yeah. Obviously, everyone knows who Mads Mikkelsen is. And um, yeah, this was just... Like I said, like you keep saying, every single episode, there's someone doing a better performance than Ahsoka, and it's meant to be a show about Ahsoka. But yeah, <laughs> Lars Mikkelsen as Grand Admiral Thrawn. No, it's not a bad yeah. thing at all, because this, this was absolutely amazing. Uh, but he absolutely deals every oh, single yes. scene that he is in, and he is just yes. as menacing as his character was in Rebels. And yeah. I honestly cannot wait until they start making the movies now. Um, about Thrawn and stuff like that. It's gonna oh, be, yes. it's gonna be so great. Oh <laughs> man, the having a great villain is is it, it makes a great story. Your story is only as good as the drama, as the tension, as the villain itself, which makes Blue Beetle yeah, the failure yeah. and Ahsoka the like the prime thing that it is right now. Because Thrawn shows up, he doesn't even need to say a word, and already he's the most threatening thing thing we've seen in Star Wars. Years, yeah, like, yeah, it, it's yep. insane. It reminds me of um, Giancarlo Esposito's character from The Mandalorian. He was very much embodying yes. that sort of stature, but this is on another level because we know what Thrawn's capable of. And Thrawn shows up with an army of stormtroopers that are all like pieced together with bits of gold and red yep. ribbon. Yeah, yeah, they're kind. They're just as menacing um, as Thrawn oh, is. Yeah. And this is this is a side of the Empire we have not seen. Even in Rebels, we well, haven't the, seen this as no, far. No, no. And this is a thing as well, because um, obviously at the end of Rebels, the reason why they're in this new galaxy was because him and Ezra got sucked away by the Purgles. Yes. Anything like that for the people that haven't seen Rebels and stuff. Like that. That's how they ended up. But they've been here, the two of them and the army and everything like that, for about a decade at this point yeah. um, in the story, on this remote planet yeah. in another galaxy for 10 years. And he is True. still menacing and he is still pristine and everything like that you can there is a little bit of like stuff on his arm um, clothing that is a bit faded away but that's because he hasn't been in their galaxy for 10 years he's he's looking all right he's looking all right for being on a desolate planet for 10 years um <laughs> well, that's, yes that's the he thing. the planet itself yep. isn't desolate we're seeing new no. galaxy beings for the first time as Sabine, yes. Sabine journeys out to find Ezra Thrawn lets her yep. go. They had this confrontation, and he's like, yeah. oh, yeah, just go. I'll honor the deal. Thrawn has always yep. been a man of honor, at, at least for the most yes. part. Yep. And, um, and that's the reason why out- he still takes care of his army and stuff like that. Yes. Um, yes. And you can obviously see that with his, because um, his second hand in command is um, Enoch. You know, he still treats yeah. everyone, well, part of, as under him, as with respect and stuff like that. And that's the difference with every other, like, Star Wars villain or really any other villain that we've seen in a lot of media and stuff like that is that they're like, oh, superior, look at me type thing where um, Thrawn isn't like that. Thrawn very much honors the people that support him and everything like that, which makes him a spectacular villain. 
And that's what makes yeah. a great villain. Yeah. If the villain sympathizes with the hero and they can come to agreements where the villain's not in the wrong all the time, like Thrawn. Yeah. Yeah. He, he kills it. And um, so, yeah, Sabine journeys out across the planet. We find some like bounty hunter dudes, uh, mercenaries yep, that are yep. out in the waste. They have just for a fight scene. Um, that was yeah, that was alright. Yep. I like how the fight scenes are better when she has her armor because they have to show her getting hit instead of weird spins and stuff. So the armor was good. Um, keep that up. We ki- we she yep. kills a bunch of them, and she also um, also before that she rides a wolf creature because you know Dave Filoni oh, yeah. and his wolves and stuff like that. They, they had the wolf creature. creature horse thing, um, which was dog which horse, pretty cool. Yeah. I love the dog, <laughs> dog horse. horse thing. Yep. it was quite funny. Kept good old dog her. horse. But, um, yeah. The dog horse, dog horse leads her to a suspicious-looking rock because that rock isn't a rock; it's a little hermit crab man. Wearing, it's like, a little, little crab person. Crab people. Crab people. Crab people. <laughs> the crab people. So yeah, the crab people. The dog kept wanting to eat him too. That was really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, obviously, uh, yeah. yeah, we find a new species as well that hasn't been seen before, and yeah, it's crab little people. little crab people. Um, crab people. And they are absolutely adorable, and I love them already, and I want more of them. And oh, it was great. We got lots more of them. Lots more of them. There's a whole person leads Sabine to the village. Where who do we meet at the village, Barry? Why don't you talk about this a little bit? We meet Ezra. He's back, uh, and he has a beard. He's not a kid anymore. <laughs> well, I suppose he's, he's been there for man. ten years. He's an old man now, and actually, this is a little a nod to Rebels as well. His character design, what he looks like now, is what the father, Ezra's father, looked like in um, pictures and stuff like that in um, oh, Rebels. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, this is obviously the first time we're seeing Iman Espadadi. Espandi. <laughs> Sorry, God damn it, butchering bro. the name. God damn it. Oh. Um, as Ezra Bridger, besides the little holocron thing. And yeah, it was just a nice little introduction about everything. I did feel it, it was a bit strange where they're just like, we're not going to talk about how Sabine got there or anything like that. We'll save that for the next episode. Yeah. Um, type I, thing. I, was, I, I um, knew that that was going to happen because she's not going to be like, yeah, oh, I'm yeah. working with Thrawn to, and I got here and oh, I got Ahsoka killed yeah, and all. Yeah. yeah that, which obviously, but it's also the fact he hasn't seen a person um, that he knows for 10 years. So it's yeah, like. Yeah. He's just going to want to spend time with Sabine, honestly. Knowing Ezra, yeah. he's just going to want to sit down and just chill with her for a bit. <laughs> yes. He's okay to wait yeah, an extra yeah. day. They've been there 10 yeah, years. Yeah, which is good. Um, which is good. Uh, yes, it definitely will set up that confrontation later when uh, Ahsoka yeah. shows up. Because Ahsoka arrives. Does she arrive at the end of the episode? No, no they talk no, about it. It just cuts. There. They talk about Gone it. Away. Yeah. Yeah, so, She's on her way. She's on her uh, way. What happens and after Thrawn that? knows yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, so Thrawn basically it cuts that. back to Thrawn and then he asks the Night Sisters again for their assistance and stuff like that. And then they tell him that the fates have interweaved and someone is coming. And then they oh. he finds out that Ahsoka is going to arrive. And then he basically says, if any Purgle whale comes in, shoot them Get down. Him. Yeah. <laughs> Thrawn's not taking any chances, and I love that. No, because this is a thing as oh. well, because obviously um, at the beginning when we first meet Thrawn, he meets Balin and um, yes, that as well, which was kind of ominous to have their confrontation was, as well because I was, feel like that, that's setting uh, up something. I love Because that. Thrawn knows who he is because Thrawn obviously knows um, majority of the people that were at the Jedi Academy and who survived and everything like that. He did yes, his backstory. Yes. 
Um, yeah, he does he his research. Who, who Darth Vader was as well. Um, and everything like that, the true meaning by that. But the other thing as well, and this is what is kind of like nice to see, he doesn't know who Ahsoka is yet because he never got told that information. Oh, Wait, he doesn't. Because Ahsoka, have... Ahsoka left the Jedi's um, mm. before he ever signed up for anything um, for oh, the academies yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Because, yeah, he actually like served under still during like the clone wars or something he still served under like anakin at one point yes um, yeah he like, met anakin like a rescue him. yeah 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 and that's the reason why he was able to figure out who darth vader was he meant darth vader he's like ha, you're anakin yeah, yeah. which makes sense no but uh that kind of surprises me may i'm sure he yes oh, no no he may maybe he heard i don't know like rumors or something of an anakin's apprentice at one point yeah, but it's still under the impression he doesn't know anything because he asks um, no. what's her name Morgan to get as much information as possible yes. about this Ahsoka character. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. I just want to talk about the confrontation with Balin just for a second yes, here. I would like because to I feel like this is setting us up because obviously um, Balin, played by the late Ray Stevenson, is another character that is absolutely standing out. He him. is so on good. this planet searching for something even more because obviously him and um, oh. his apprentice go out after. Um, Sabine, because he's they're like, mm-hmm. oh, go and kill her because she'll find Ezra and everything, go and kill the both of them. But he's here something a bit more because this is another thing with this character which makes him so great as well. He is this character where we're slowly finding out more of like the reason, the things that he wants to do. He wants to have balance and he wants to like fix the wrongdoings of the past. And he gives this great speech to his um, apprentice in this one, talking about he remembers when the Jedi fell and everything like that. And he finally realized eventually, like, why they fell and everything like yeah. that, like, because of their um, wrongdoings and everything like that. And he kind of wants to rectify everything by, like, not having, like, a, a new empire, by, like, ha- making sure everything's kind of balanced in its own way. And it just, mm. like, it's just mm-hmm. more intriguing because this is another thing as well. At one point, he, he feels something or hears something. He knows there is a presence, something on this planet that obviously mm. we don't know as an audience yet, yet, but the only character that does know at the moment is Balin. He has come to this planet in search for something. And obviously this is a brand new galaxy that we're in on a brand new planet. We don't know what's going on yet. Even though this was the first <laughs> no. episode, of it, a lot of it was just centered on Thrawn and Sabine finding Ezra and everything like that. I feel like in the next two episodes, because we've got two episodes left, there is going oh, to be boy. something very big once again that, Dave Filoni has written that will probably change Star Wars yet again. <laughs> and it's going yeah, to be do with Balin's yeah. character. I guarantee it. Because, yeah, Balin's telling um, uh, Hearty about the stories of the Jedi. The, he was told all yes. these tall tales of further galaxies and things like that. And yep. it, it's making me think, like, what could it be? There's so many things in Legends, which, again, are these stories that we've heard that aren't canon. Yeah, yeah. It could be the, it yep. could be the Yuzan Vong. It could be something yep. else. It could who knows what this presence could be. Um yeah. that he's looking for searching for and it makes me wonder why he's searching for this outside thing. Um and I don't know oh, it's yeah. it's very weird. But it was it was cool to see um Balin who was the greatest villain of the show and he didn't do much. He was just kind of there as this menacing threat, but he was so cool. Yep. And and Thrawn show up and be a completely another level because Balin's like scared of him. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, this is the first time where we saw yeah, yeah Balin kind of threatened 
in a way by this guy yeah. who's literally been living on a remote a planet for the past 10 years. Yeah. And he's just a dude with no powers, no Jedi training <laughs> oh. or anything like that. And Balin feels threatened. And it is just like... Yeah, Insane. Thrawn is 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 serious. <laughs> I feel like Thrawn is what Star Wars needed at this point because Star yes. Wars, what yep. it was lacking, especially now, is good villains. Like they're gonna have yep. they have to yep. create people from scratch. We occasionally we get good ones like Moff Gideon, but for the most yep. part, we get and crap then they ones. just kind of like made him crap anyway. <laughs> yeah, but we get we get you know people like Reva or people trying to fill the gaps between Palpatine yeah. and somehow Palpatine returned. It's like there's nothing here. Yep. Except yep. Thrawn. Because Except Thrawn's more Thrawn. sometimes more menacing than Darth Vader. <laughs> like Yeah, well that's insane. the thing. It goes back to his um character and everything like that, where he's like um he's kind of like he understands like both sides of like yeah. everything in a way. Like he understands his his opposing like characters and everything. He understands the heroes' like sympathies and their ideas and stuff like that. And he also understands what the Empire is and what they want and everything like that. And that's when you have a character like that, that's when it becomes very interesting because you're not sure what this character or what Thrawn will do next. And here's the thing as well. like He's been able to do all right and still has a legion underneath him that at the end of Rebels, basically there wasn't much left of. And somehow he's been doing all right on a desolate planet, working with the witches and everything like that because we also find out as well this is the death of miri homeworld and this is where purgle yeah. whales go to die because um, yeah, yeah, this is basically that was insane to find out as well um that this is the death of miri homeworld i was like oh okay we're, we're going yeah. to night sister like territory backstory and everything Night-Sister like this, this is, they came from a different galaxy after all that and, and you know thrawn- and that relates to thrawn yeah, it um it is also revealed that Thrawn is using the dark magic for some things as well yes. because he's like you guys need to prepare your dark magic because I'm about yep. to do something wacky and we don't know what yet but it, yeah. it's it's insane. It's like what's Thrawn been up to all of these years apart from just living on a ship and slowly taking bits apart and and stormtrooper yep. armor. It's there's something else here in this new galaxy. Something's not Ooh, right, Barry. Yeah. Something's coming. And we don't know what, but it's 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 got me really excited because it does. The show it does. the show has reached another level. Like before, it was good. Before all the Thrawn yeah. stuff, it was all oh getting to Thrawn. I'm like, yeah, this is good. Now that we're at Thrawn, the intrigue is is, is so high. But it's like we've got two yeah. episodes yeah. left, Perry. Yeah, it feels only like two. <laughs> it's like oh man, I like, want- oh man. I want another 10 episodes because it feels like we're going to get a lot. And I hope we get yeah. a lot. Yeah. Because they're, um, they're going to film well, the movies or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have a feeling that, yeah, probably next episode we would probably still be on this planet, I hope. I hope for the next two. Probably. Like we fi- if we finish it out on this on this like planet, this this um, galaxy that we're in, or by the end of it, yeah. obviously they go back Them to getting the, the normal galaxy the type ending, thing. You know? Them getting back. Um, that makes sense. That makes sense and everything. But that's the thing, yes. Yeah, it's just like, what does Dave Filoni have planned for this and the future no of Star Wars? Because obviously, yeah, they are working on the movies and everything like that. And then it's just like, well, he introduced a, a new galaxy and there has to be something for that, you know? There has to be something... Mm. The reason why he did that, you know? Like, he, he is trying to introduce something 
not just the new there's galaxy itself. Big, yeah, but yeah. Th there's something else. There's there has to be something else. The reason why he's doing it, and you know, I feel like it was just all a build up to whatever that will eventually become. And that's the thing. We've only got two episodes left for it, and it's just like gonna have all these great characters all coming into play and everything like that. And this is another thing as well um, about this episode, and it is absolutely amazing. And it doesn't go back on nostalgia or anything like that. Like, it doesn't use that. That's the reason why oh. last week's episode was so well done and everything like that. Because obviously we had Hayden Christensen come back and we saw yeah. live action Clone War scenes and everybody loved that. And it was just so well done. But that obviously that was nostalgia. A lot of those things, a lot of fan service in that episode, which made it yes, really great. Yes. And the way they did it and stuff like that. But this episode stands on its own because it's more of the story, more of these new characters, no fan service really at all, besides Ezra showing no, up. No, not Thrawn. really. Yeah. Um, but even the story forward all and stuff like that, it's moving the story forward. Yes. And this has been an amazing episode just by itself. Like I put this episode on par with last week's. Um, yes, yeah, and it was like it, it's a it, and it's a totally same. different shift. It's a totally different yeah. shift than episode. Like we are getting to that more darker elements now of the, the serious of the story good. that Dave Filoni is trying to show, um, which is good. This is what we want. <laughs> yeah, it is. And um, I Thrawn isn't fa fan service in this either because he's the main villain of the story. You know, it, yeah, it, it yeah, doesn't yeah. feel fan servicey in any way because Ahsoka's no. been looking for him. Going after him. Yeah. It's been building up to him ever since Mando season two. Um, so yeah, none of that's fan servicey at all. But yeah, this episode stands on its own. There are obviously some points, a couple little lines of dialogue that feel a little a little different, a little forced. And of course some of the action still looks a little eh. Yeah. Like ninety yeah. percent of the time it's really awesome and really great. Like yep. it's it's nine out of ten. Like perfect Star Wars here. It's so close to being absolute perfection, but oh, it's yeah. it's still awesome. Like this is the best yeah. Star Wars well, we've gotten yeah. since. I Andor. yeah, going to give it a nine point five just because I gave last week's episode a nine point five, and for me that it's it's on par with yeah. last week's, um, so much. And then that's the thing. It's really like the the story and what Dave Filoni is trying to write and everything like that has been absolutely tremendous in this um series so far. Um, like it's just been on point after point after point, which is good to see because that's like a lot of other Disney stuff and obviously Mandalorian, Kenobi and Boba Fett and everything like that. Like they all fell short. Like they started off pretty good, yeah. um, but they just went downhill really quick. As soon as we got like second episode in or third episode in, it was just, it was just kind of yeah. boring. It just kind of got really average where for this, every single episode has gradually gotten better and it's just like it. I think this might be the first ever Star Wars show that's going to end on a really big high, and a lot of people are going to be questioning what is the future of Star Wars after this show ends now. Um, I hope so, and everything yeah. like that. So, because I that's really the thing. This is so. what's setting up for the upcoming films that Dave Filoni is writing. This is setting up what the Mandalorian's been building up to, and everything like that. Because his idea is to basically like Avengers all of them and make them all come together <laughs> for the movies and stuff like that. Sure. Which is going to be interesting, but as long as Dave Filoni is in charge and he is writing it, I am down for it. Yeah. I am more than it, it down for like, it. It feels like it's building up to it at a great pace because it's like three movies worth of plan. That doesn't even mean that they have to all come together, right? It can be stories spread out across three movies. Like Mando could be in the second movie, but not the third one. Yep. You know, some, something yep. like that, you know. It doesn't have to yeah. be an Avengers level thing. It could be an original trilogy level thing where... 
characters yeah. show up for one. Like Mando could fill the Lando gap of the trilogy. You know, he shows oh, yeah. up at the end yeah, when yeah. they meet him. So it, it, I've got high hope for it. I just it just needs to be consistently good, and they need to let this man just do what he wants because oh yes, I feel like he has a vision, and if we interfere with it too much, apart from maybe getting some better choreography. And, um, <laughs> like, honestly, that's about it. Just some better choreography for fight scenes and just improve this show yeah, immensely. Yeah. It's probably yep, the only yep. thing that it's lacking is the lightsaber fights. Oh, yeah. You know? Because that's the thing. The costume design and everything like that is on oh, point I as love well. it. Because I want to point out as well. Because, obviously, we see that what remains of um, Thrawn's Legion anyway um, with, like, the gold mm. armor or bits and pieces and stuff. And he's Cap- Captain Enoch. Um, is absolutely amazing. He's got like a gold face mask thing yeah. in his helmet. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I have never cool. wanted a helmet more than that one now. <laughs> you can guarantee they're selling that helmet right now. Like <laughs> They better be. They better be. Uh, that's, that's an amazing thing. design. Is This show is, again, it holds up like the rest of Star Wars where everything always looks good. Like the visual yeah. effects in the show are amazing. The makeup and practical effects that have been in since Disney Star Wars has always been amazing. They've shied away yep. from yep. the CGI because of the prequels. And yeah, ever since The Force yeah. Awakens, it's the, 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 the visual, like the art design of everything is amazing. Visual effects yeah. is awesome. It's just, yeah, little story moments and little fight choreography that lets the stuff down. It's, yes. but yeah, no, yes. everything looks good. Oh, and the music's still just as good. I love the music. It, you can't beat. Star Wars music for soundtracks. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, it's always oh, yes. on point. And yes, uh, it's the same guy that did the Clone Wars Bad Batch and Rebels. Oh, and yeah. He's the guy composing for it, so he is on point. Hell yeah! So yeah, it's a nine out of ten from me, which I think is what I yeah, gave last yeah. week's episode. So yeah, yeah cool. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna give it a nine point five out of ten for me as well. And it was pretty cool as well um, to hear Hugh Yang at the beginning of this episode as yeah. well talking about um he said the line yeah. he said the star wars line he said a long time ago in a galaxy far far away um because obviously yeah. they're talking about the stories that ahsoka was brought up on as a as a youngling at the jedi temple which Hu yang would have told her as well um and it was just so cool to actually someone say that in star wars because no one ever has said it in star wars it. before and yeah, of course the fit. one person they get to do it <laughs> is dave Filoni. uh um david tenet that's it is um yes, david tenet, tenet like saying it I'm but that, like, that was yes, the one time that it fits. It's because they're talking <laughs> yeah. about another galaxy from a long time ago. Like, it fits. That's the only time they yeah. could have done yeah. this. <laughs> so I was, yeah. I was yeah. cool with that. I liked that. It was a nice little callback. Yeah. Nice little yeah. callback. All right. Should we call it there? All We're right. For next episode. I think that is it for today's episode then. Where's yeah. the intro, outro? There it is. <laughs> he found it. So thanks, everybody, for joining us for another episode of We Talk Phil. I hope you liked it. You know, leave us leave us a comment down below or something like that. Make sure you liked it. And uh, we'll see you in next week's podcast. Bye, everyone. <laughs>